Go up to the sky, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Zay, collectively known as SoCal Uncensored or SCU. This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot, the worst podcast I've ever been on. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot, the best podcast you've never heard of. My name's Tom. I am your host. Today is Sunday, January 24th, 2021. I want to thank everybody for listening, watching, and subscribing on YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you're following on social media on all platforms. You can find the show at Catch, Hook, Shoot. And definitely be sure to check out our brand new website. It's catchhooksshoot.wixsite.com slash catchhookshoot. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the web address right at the top of your screen. And for all things Catch Hook Shoot, uh, links to the podcast, the YouTube channel, uh, Patreon, Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, the Big Cartel Store, and everything else that is Catch, Hook, and Shoot, you can uh, scan this little QR code right here in the corner of your screen or... Or go to uh, Linktree slash Catch Hook Shoot. You'll get links to everything having to do with the show. And if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. So uh, let's kick everything off with this uh, crazy week of pro wrestling that's been going on. Starting everything off like we always do with the match of the week. So this week's match of the week comes from NXT this past Wednesday night, and it was the uh, the fight pit match between uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. These guys went in there and just beat the living crap out of each other, and it was just awesome. I mean, two, two of the best guys on the NXT roster as far as in-ring skills go, and, uh, you know, this match did not disappoint. Very, uh, yeah, just a brutal, brutal match between these two guys. So if you have not seen it yet, definitely go back and check it out. Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa in the fight pit on NXT this past Wednesday. So rolling right along, let's get into my top three highlights for the week, and that is called the three count. First up on the three count this week, Alexa Bliss, Monday Night Raw. I've, I've said uh, many times, you know, the storyline with uh, Alexa and The Fiend, uh, one of my favorite things going on right now in WWE. And, uh, you know, this week was no different. We had uh, an episode of Alexa's Playground. Her guest was Asuka. And, uh, yeah, Asuka just seemed completely freaked out. You know, Alexa was... Uh, Talking, talking to somebody who wasn't there, really, I, I guess you could say she has an imaginary friend or perhaps an imaginary fiend. Um, you know, Asuka tried to sit on one of the swings next to Alexa, and Alexa told her you can't sit there and, and that kind of thing. It was just, it was a cool little, cool little segment. And then later on in the night, uh, Alexa actually had a match with Asuka, which was uh, just crazy. I mean, the uh, midway through the match, the... Uh, the lights went out, and when they came back up, uh, you know, Alexa had kind of transformed, almost like a fiend-type transformation. Uh, obviously, it was, you know, pre-taped, but, you know, I got no issue with that. Um, and Alexa did end up winning that match against Asuka, just with the mind games and everything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm loving 
still loving this new character from Alexa Bliss. Number two on the three count, uh, Brody Lee Jr., negative one, had a, a birthday celebration on uh, on Dynamite, and I thought it was, you know, a cool cool segment, cool way to open the show. Um, you know, they brought out a cake for him, saying happy birthday for him. Uh, they were interrupted by Chaos Project uh, and TH2, which uh, led to a uh, an eight-man tag match between Hangman Page, Colt Cabana, um, Alex Reynolds and John Silver going against Chaos Project and, uh, and TH2. Uh, Dark Order was victorious. Uh, Dr. Luther ended up going into the cake. And uh, Brody Jr. hit uh, hit Serpentico with the kendo stick and then threw the papers at him just like just like his old man. Uh, like I said, I thought it was a cool little segment. There was a lot of, lot of, not a lot, but a few people talking trash about it online saying AEW is exploiting Brody Lee Jr. And I, I'm sorry, what... You know, when you exploit somebody, it's typically for personal gain. Well, what is AEW gaining by having a birthday party for a nine-year-old kid uh, on their show? You know, the, it's AEW taking care of Brody Lee's family, bringing his son into into the fold because he loves wrestling, loves being around these guys. And, you know, by all accounts, he, he's treated like one of the boys, you know, and that's, I personally, I think that's awesome. They're they're not taking advantage of the kid. They're not using him. They're not doing anything wrong. And if you think they are, well, you're stupid. That's the best way I can put it. Sorry. And uh, third up on the three count, uh, we saw a little bit of an AEW invasion on, uh, on Impact Wrestling. Um... With uh, with Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn actually in the Impact Studio, we also saw an appearance from uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party. So uh, you know we're seeing some more uh, some more AEW stars on Impact. Now I know uh, with this current set of TV tapings, Impact taped a few weeks worth of television. So I'm wondering who else we're going to see over the next coming weeks, uh, possibly from AEW. Uh, appearing on impact we'll have to uh, continue continue to watch and see so that is the uh, the three count for this week let's get into some uh, results and news and rumors and stuff starting off with monday night raw we saw uh, at the beginning of the show a promo from randy orton wearing a a burn mask basically you know selling the uh the fireball to the face from Alexa Bliss last week and uh, basically orton saying he's going to burn down the dreams of everybody in the royal rumble um yeah, I, if the Fiend does not return during the Royal Rumble match or sometime during the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, I, I'm going to be very disappointed because that seems to be what they are, what they're building towards. So I, I'm very anxious to see how the Fiend is going to make his presence felt during the Royal Rumble. Uh, Charlotte got a victory over Peyton Royce. Uh, Mace from Retribution picked up a victory over Xavier Woods. So uh, Retribution's starting to get some some momentum here. Hopefully it continues because when Retribution first started off, I was, you know, I was very excited to see what they were going to do with these guys, and uh, they they kind of fell off there for a minute, you know. And uh, but now they seem to be getting a little bit of momentum back. So I, I'm interested to see where Retribution is going to go. Uh, we already talked about the uh, the Alexa Alexis Playground segment. Alexa Bliss did declare for the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, Shayna Baszler got a victory over Mandy Rose, and we're still seeing some dissension between uh, uh, between Shayna and Nia Jax. But uh, they did basically say that they want their rematch for the tag team title, the women's tag team titles, and with what's been going on 
with uh, with Charlotte and Lacey Evans and Ric Flair, and now Asuka seeming to have uh, some issues with Alexa Bliss. I don't see Charlotte and Asuka holding on to those women's tag team titles for too much longer, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, AJ Styles got a victory over Ricochet. Now, this match was uh, for uh, Ricochet to qualify for the Royal Rumble, so he was not victorious. So as of right now, Ricochet not in the Rumble. Uh, the dirt sheet with Miz and Morrison. Their guests were uh, Drew Goldberg or uh, Drew Goldberg, yeah, Bill Goldberg and Drew McIntyre, and uh, ended up being you know kind of a parody thing. It was it wasn't uh, wasn't Goldberg that we saw. It was Gilberg, which was kind of cool. You know he he's been uh, uh, having some some health issues the last couple of months, so it's good to see him uh, up and around and back on TV. Um, and then uh, you know. Uh, another uh, a parody of Drew McIntyre came down, uh, so it was you know kind of kind of a big joke. And uh, but the Miz did say he is cashing in at the Royal Rumble on whoever wins between Goldberg and McIntyre. So I have to see how that works out for him. Uh, the Hurt Business got another victory over Lucha House Party and Matt Riddle, but still showing more dissension among the uh, uh, the Hurt Business. Um, with uh, Cedric Alexander, you know, seem, seeming to kind of start pulling away from the group, so I'm not uh, not too sure what's going to go on with that. And then the main event of the night was that uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka match that I talked about a little while ago. Uh, like I said, I love the direction of the character with uh, with Alexa Bliss, so I'm, I'm you know, what, watching that very closely to see see where that's going to go. I have a feeling, you know, Alexa may be, uh, may be getting a, a women's championship match sometime soon. Don't quote me on that, but that's where I see this kind of going. Moving on to AEW Dark in the, uh, the main event, which was actually a really good match. The uh, Lucha Brothers picked up a win over Chaos Project. So if you haven't seen that, uh, yeah, definitely check out Dark. You, you get to see a lot of guys that you don't see on Dynamite. They use a lot of independent talent uh, on Dark. And, I mean, it's typically, you know, hour and a half to two hours long. They have a lot of matches on Dark. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Definitely go check that out on, on AEW's YouTube channel. Uh, like I said, this week's main event, Lucha Brothers versus Chaos Project. Very good match there. Moving on to some uh, some Impact news. We saw um, a segment with uh, Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Callis basically saying that they are taking a hiatus from Impact to take care of business in Jacksonville. So I, I take that to mean we are going to see a lot more of Don Callis uh, on uh, on Dynamite and maybe not so much on Impact. Uh, Eric Young got a win over Rhino and uh, EY's little faction now of himself as well as Joe Doring and uh, Cody Diener apparently is going to be called Violent by Design. I kind of like that. Uh, and at, at the end of this match, they uh, they. Pilmanized, quote unquote, Rhino's ankle. So uh, Rhino could be out for for a few weeks. I don't know if he's got a legit injury or, or what's going on, but it looks like Rhino has been, uh, uh, quote unquote, injured. So uh, don't know when when we will see him back. Uh, got a an in ring promo from the Good Brothers, the Impact Tag Team Champions, who were interrupted by Chris Sabin, saying that uh, he wants a rematch for the tag team titles. Of course, that he and Alex Shelley, the Motor City Machine Guns, lost to the Good Brothers. Now, Alex Shelley 
is currently out with uh, an undisclosed medical issue. Uh, so, you know, the Good Brothers, of course, said, well, you don't have a tag team partner. And at that point, Saban introduced his new tag team partner, Cowboy James Storm. So, uh, and I believe they're calling themselves the Beer Guns, James Storm and Chris Saban. So uh, that should be a, a good tag team match whenever it comes around. Uh, but uh, they were then interrupted again by Matt Hardy and Private Party. And a match was set up for uh, Private Party to take on Storm and Saban for a title shot. And that ended up being the uh, the main event of the show. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, in knockouts tag team action, uh, Susan and Kimberly got a win over Jordan Grace and Jazz. Uh, so, yeah, Jordan Grace and Jazz not having a lot of luck as a tag team. I'm wondering if this could lead to a heel turn from Jordan Grace, like she gets tired of losing, turns on Jazz, uh, that kind of thing. But we'll have to see. Um, we found out, finally, the... Uh, the uh, the answer to the mystery of the shooting of Johnny Bravo. Now he was shot by Larry D or uh, Lawrence D as he's known when he's in his uh, uh, his alter ego, uh, but it was apparently Taya who uh, initiated the uh, the change of Larry D into Lawrence D, and because of that, Taya was arrested and you know taken out of the building by uh, by law enforcement and. Uh, an interesting, interesting exchange with Tommy Dreamer, uh, Johnny Bravo, and AC Romero uh, talking about where Taya could possibly be serving her time, quote-unquote. Uh, Dreamer said if she's lucky, she'll be going to the Jacksonville Penitentiary. If she's not lucky, she'll be going to the Stamford Penitentiary. Obviously, thinly veiled references to AEW and WWE, respectively. And AC Ramiro chimed in saying, uh, you know, he hopes she doesn't go to Baltimore, which obviously is a reference to Ring of Honor. So, uh, yeah, and this was uh, Taya's final Impact appearance, by all accounts. Her contract with Impact is up, so she is done with Impact Wrestling. Personally, I I would love to see her go to AEW because the, uh, the women's division does need a boost, but it would not surprise me to see her go to WWE, uh, where, of course, her husband, John Morrison, is is currently signed. So we'll have to see where Taya pops up next. She could, uh, could it be in the Royal Rumble? Who knows? We'll see. Uh, we saw another one of the paid advertisements from uh, from AEW, and that's where we found out that Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn were actually in the uh, the Impact studio. Uh, had a promo in the ring between Rich Swan and Moose, the two uh, world champions in in Impact. So I'm sure that match is going to be coming uh, sooner rather than later. Brian Myers got a win over Falaba. Uh, we saw Ace uh, Ace Austin and Madman Fulton attack Josh Alexander in the backstage area, and Matt Cardona, of all people, made the save. So, um, yeah, I thought maybe we'd see a uh, 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 an alliance between Cardona and Brian Myers. You know, obviously from their partnership in WWE, that you know it's kind of like you, where there's one, there's the other. But uh, Cardona looking to be aligning himself with Josh Alexander, so that could make for an interesting tag team. We'll have to see where that's going to go. Uh, and then the main event, Private Party did defeat Chris Sabin and James Storm to become number one contenders for the Impact Tag Team titles. And uh, Tony Khan and Jerry Lynn were at ringside for this one. And uh, Jerry Lynn kind of helping out Private Party, interfering in the match and uh, helping Private Party pick up that victory. So Private Party now in line for an Impact Tag Team Championship shot. Moving on to AEW Dynamite, uh, like I said, the show opened with a birthday celebration for Brody Lee Jr. with the interruptions from uh, from Chaos Project and TH2. We talked about that match already. Uh, at the end of that match, uh, the Dark Order made one final overture to uh, to Adam Page 
to uh, to join up with them, and he said no. He said he's done the uh, the team thing before, and he you know is not uh, not looking to do it again. So Hangman Page will not be joining the Dark Order. Uh, next up, we saw an in-ring promo from uh, Darby Allen and, and Sting, which of course was interrupted by Team Taz, who challenged the two of them to a street fight, which was accepted and will happen at AEW's next pay-per-view Revolution. So, uh, yeah, Sting, uh, you know, getting getting back in the ring. Uh, so it'll be Sting and Darby Allen taking on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in a street fight. Now, I w- I would. Th- think i don't know if this is actually going to be an in-ring match or if it'll be something that's like pre-taped that actually takes place in the street or the parking lot as it were uh but either way sting getting uh getting back in there so that should be uh should be pretty cool sting and darby ellen i think make an awesome team so i can't wait to see that one uh we saw another segment uh with uh, the young bucks and don Callis. this was at kenny omega's house apparently and uh yeah, Kenny Omega not there. Uh, Don Callis basically just talking all kinds of trash to the Young Bucks, uh, basically implying that they're riding Kenny's coattails and that kind of thing. And uh, the uh, the segment uh, went or faded to black just as it looked like the Bucks were about to uh, kick the crap out of Don Callis. And apparently they did because the next time we saw him later in the show, he uh, was sporting a black eye. Um and that was in a segment with uh, with Callis and Kenny Omega, so uh, we'll have to see. You know, Callis definitely driving a wedge between Kenny and the Bucks, breaking up the uh, the elite. So I'm curious to see where that's going to go. Uh, Cody Rhodes got a victory over Peter Avalon. Uh, we saw a distraction right at the beginning of that match from Jade Cargill, uh, and it was actually a really good match. You know. Uh, Peter Avalon, very talented, wrestles mostly on dark, and you know. There, there's people that complain, like, oh, Cody can't put any, anybody over. First of all, why would he put over Peter Avalon? Basically, like I said, he wrestles on dark. Not a, uh, you know, not a main event guy. Not a top tier talent. Not saying he's not talented. I'm just saying he's not at that level in AEW. You know, but, you know, he looked fantastic in this match. He and Cody put on a great match. There's that old saying in wrestling, and so many people do not understand this. You don't have to go over to get over. You don't have to win the match to look good. And Peter Avalon looked great in this match. So, you know, I think I think this match did a lot for Peter Avalon. Uh, but a lot of people don't get that, including some uh, people who claim to be journalists. I'm not going to name any names, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was a, a journalist that uh, said, oh, Cody can never put anybody over, or something to that effect. I'm not quoting directly. But, uh, yeah, you, you again, you don't have to go over to get over. Peter Avalon looked great in this match, and, you know, Cody got the victory, and they both came out of it looking really good. So, awesome match between Cody and Peter Avalon. Uh, we found out for uh, next week we're going to see Jungle Boy taking on uh, Dax Harwood from FTR. That, uh, you know, and this, of course... Continuing the uh, the rivalry between FTR and uh, Jurassic Express, so uh, that that should be a great match. I love Jungle Boy. I think he is at some point going to be a top guy in AEW. I mean, he's still very young, and he is just awesome in the ring. So I can't uh, can't wait to see this one. Should be a great match. That that is an early contender for match of the week for next week. Um, John Moxley returned to uh, returned to the ring this week and got a victory over Nick Camarado. If you have not seen Nick Camarado, he's wrestled on Dark a number of times. Uh, definitely check out some of his matches. The guy is very reminiscent of Bruiser Brody as far as his size, his look, uh, the way that he wrestles. 
Again, another really, really good match that made both guys look fantastic. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a squash match by any means, you know, that you typically see where you've got like the big main event guy taking on, you know, maybe a, a, I wouldn't I wouldn't call him an enhancement talent, but somebody who hasn't been on the show before. He's wrestled on dark and, and so the same journalist who was talking crap about Cody said uh, called this a competitive squash. That is the biggest oxymoron I've ever heard in my life. A squash match, by definition, is not competitive. <laughs> so it's just the stupidest comment that you could possibly make. And, you know, Camarado looked awesome in the match. I, I don't, I, this particular journalist, I don't get this guy. But, you know, I, I mean, it just seems to be recently he's had some really weird takes and weird views on stuff and like i said i'm not going to name him by name if he listens to the show he knows exactly who i'm talking about he knows i'm talking about him but uh you know i'm not gonna not gonna name names i'm not trying to call anybody out i just i don't get it i don't get that particular take uh on on these matches from aew dark but it is what it is he's entitled to his opinion so whatever um, let's see what else did we have going on here. Oh, we also found out for next week, Eddie Kingston going to be taking on Lance Archer. That is going to be a, uh, well, if it was happening on pay-per-view, I'd say it's going to be a bloodbath. But, uh, yeah, it's on it's on Dynamite, but it's still going to be a, a great, uh, hard-hitting, just brawl with those two guys. Uh, like I said, we saw another segment with uh, Don Callis and Kenny Omega. Callis sporting that black eye. Um... Matt Hardy and Private Party got a victory over Top Flight and Matt Seidel. And uh, Private Party seems to be making a little bit of a heel turn, you know, taking some shortcuts during the match and putting a beatdown on uh, on Top Flight and Matt Seidel after the match. Uh, Penelope Ford got a victory over Layla Hirsch with a little bit of help from Charles Taylor, Chuck Taylor, of course, from Best Friends, who is now the uh, the butler, as it were, for Miro. So, of course, you know, he was out there with Miro and uh, Kip Sabian during this match. Um, the, uh, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega put a beatdown on Pentagon in the backstage area. So, uh, yeah, you know, that, this, of course, stemming from uh, the Lucha Brothers coming out uh, last week and helping out Moxley during his brawl with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. We found out there's going to be a uh, women's number one contender tournament coming up sometime soon for, uh, for AEW. And from the looks of the graphic, it's going to be like a USA versus Japan thing. There was a uh, apparently it's going to be a 16 woman tournament, and on one side of the bracket, the backdrop was an American flag. On the other side of the bracket was uh, a Japanese flag. So uh, now there there's a lot of potential for this to be very very good, especially with AEW having access to the uh, the Impact roster uh, with all the talent that they that they've uh, been showcasing on AEW Dark. And with the talent that they that they already have on on the AEW roster, so this has the potential to be a very good tournament. So I'm interested to see who exactly is going to be in it. Uh, next week, also, we are going to see the Young Bucks teaming with the Good Brothers to take on members of the Dark Order. Uh, this could be where the the elite finally explodes into into chaos with uh, the Bucks and the Good Brothers. So keep an eye on that one, uh, and then. We uh, in the main event we had uh, a three-way tag team match between members of the inner circle. It was Jericho and MJF versus Santana and Ortiz. 
versus the new team team of Sammy Hager, who uh, actually had a video intro from Sammy Hagar from uh, from Van Halen, so that was kind of cool. But uh, MJF and Chris Jericho did get the victory in that one, so they, I guess, are the official tag team of the Inner Circle, uh, and the ones that are going to be going for the tag team titles, apparently. I think that was the deal, but uh, I guess we'll see. And uh, we found out the main event for the Beach Break show coming up February 3rd is going to be Omega and the Good Brothers taking on John Moxley and the Lucha Brothers. So I can't wait to see that one. That's going to be an amazing match. Moving on to some NXT news here. Uh, It was announced by NXT that they have signed uh, independent stars Elena Black, Priscilla Kelly, and Lacey Ryan. And they were immediately put into the, uh, the women's Dusty Classic. So congratulations to those three ladies. And the names they are going to be going by, uh, Elena Black is now known as Cora Jade. Priscilla Kelly, now known as Gigi Dolan, and Lacey Ryan, now known as Zoe Stark. And uh, Lena Black, or Cora Jade, is uh, her tag team partner for the Dusty Classic is uh, Gigi Dolan, or Priscilla Kelly, whichever you want to call her. So that that right there is just a cool tag team. I hope it continues. Uh, I hope they continue to use them as a team, because that's just a, a great team with those two. And uh, Lacey Ryan is, uh, or Zoe Stark, is paired with uh, Marina Shafir. Kind of surprising. I would have, I think most people would have expected Shafir to be teamed with Jessamine Duke, but uh, apparently it was reported by uh, by Fightful, uh, Sean Ross Sapp specifically, that Jessamine Duke is uh, actually working full time creating content for uh, Up Up Down Down, Xavier Woods. Uh, YouTube channel, which of course is produced by WWE, so apparently she, you know that's what she's doing full time right now, and she's loving it. So uh, yeah, I think you know, hey, if if she's enjoying what she's doing, and you know she prefers to do that than than be in the ring, more power to her. You know, so uh, yeah, Jessamine Duke. I don't know necessarily if she's like done wrestling, but as of right now, that's what she's doing. She's uh, you know creating online content for WWE. So great for her. Uh, getting into some of the results from the Dusty Classic this week, it was it was a week for the underdogs. It's kind of surprising. Uh, Kushida and uh, Leon Ruff picked up a victory over Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory to advance in the Dusty Classic. Uh, and then we saw a match between uh, Karrion Cross and Ashanti the Adonis. Uh, this was just a squash match. Cross just dominated the entire time and then after the match he attacked Adonis's tag team partner Desmond Troy and apparently both men were injured uh I would assume storyline injury uh and have been taken out of the Dusty Classic and replaced by the unlikely team of uh Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa so uh, a very very good very interesting tag team uh, put together there and entered into the uh, into the Dusty Classic. Uh, Lucha House Party got a win over Imperium to <clears throat> to advance in the Dusty Classic. And after the match, uh, Alexander Wolf of Imperium made an appearance at the top of the ramp. Uh, now uh, Wolf, you know, primarily has been wrestling in NXT UK. This is his first appearance in the U.S. in quite a while, obviously because of all the travel restrictions and everything that have been going on. So. Uh, yeah, kind of a kind of a surprise. Wondering if uh, you know Walter can't be too far behind. Um, obviously, there was uh, before the pandemic hit and everything. NXT was building towards a rivalry between Walter and Finn Balor, so I'm sure that's still uh, you know in, in 
in the works somewhere because that that is a match that everybody was very hot to see so uh looks like some more or the rest of imperium could be coming to uh, nxt in the u.s uh in the first match of the women's dusty classic again the underdogs reign supreme this week casey canzaro and uh, caden carter defeated tony storm and mercedes martinez with a little bit of help from eo shirai but you know who who who's looking um so they advanced to the next uh next round of the dusty classic and uh finn balor was uh demanding a match with uh, oni lorkin and danny birch and uh, william regal told him he had to find himself a tag team partner obviously and he chose kyle o'reilly the guy he's had his last couple title defenses against and uh yeah so that match is going to happen next week balor and o'reilly versus lorkin and birch that uh, another early contender for match of the week that one is going to be insane uh we saw a an in-ring promo from uh, legato del fantasma Interrupted by Lucha House Party and uh, and Kurt Stallion, and found out uh, Kurt Stallion is going to get a cruiserweight championship match next week as well. And uh, I already talked about the main event, which was the fight pit between Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. Fantastic match. That was the match of the week. Go back and watch it if you haven't already. So moving on to some MLW news. Uh, we saw... Uh, Sean Davari make his debut as a member of Contra Unit, picked up a victory over Zen Shi. Uh, Savio Vega laid down a challenge to Richard Holiday for a Caribbean strap match next week. And, um, you know, this has been, uh, this one's been brewing for a while, again, because of travel restrictions, hasn't really been able to happen yet. But uh, Richard Holiday currently is in possession of the Caribbean Heavyweight Championship, which does belong to Savio Vega, but Holiday is in possession of the belt. So, uh, yeah, Caribbean Strap Match coming next week on uh, on MLW. So that should be that should be a good one. If you remember Savio Vega's uh, Strap Matches with uh, Steve Austin in Austin's early WWE days, th this is going to be good. Uh, Simon Gotch finally uh, had his grudge match against Jordan Oliver. Gotch was victorious in that. Uh, ACH got a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship and apparently earlier in the week had been attacked outside of his gym by Team Filthy, so he was uh, going into this match with uh, with injured ribs. And uh, so Jacob Fatu did retain the World Heavyweight title in that match against ACH. Uh, but at the end of that match, of course, Fatu at the top of the ramp, uh, you know, talking trash, talking about Contra unit, and uh, the two flag bearers that are typically at on the ramp holding the Contra flags uh, attacked Jacob Fatu with those flagpoles, and it turned out to be uh, Jordan Oliver and Myron Reed of Injustice. So uh, definitely a lot of unfinished business between uh, Injustice and, and Contra unit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, we'll have to see how that one's going to play out. Moving on to some Ring of Honor news. Ring of Honor TV this week main event was a TV title match. Uh, Dragon Lee defending against Ray Horace. Um, if you're not familiar with Ray Horace, he's had a number of matches in MLW. He was also a part of Lucha Underground as uh, Dragon Azteca Jr. Uh, this was a fantastic match between these two guys. Another one I highly recommend you check out if you haven't. If you're not a regular Ring of Honor TV watcher. At least go back and check this match out. Just absolutely fantastic. Moving on to NXT UK. Uh, Rampage Brown got a victory over Dave Mastiff. A little bit of a surprise there. And uh, we saw an attack from uh, Ilya Dragunov on uh, on Jack Stars. So I'm sure that's going to build to a match between these two guys. Uh, Mir Jordan defeated Tyson T-Bone. And Kaylee Ray, despite the... Uh, 
quite a quite a bit of uh, chicanery, was able to retain the NXT Women's Championship against Ginny. And going on to, whoops, not main event, SmackDown. Um, yeah, we saw, uh, to open the show, we had a promo with uh, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, and Adam Pearce in the ring. And a uh, match was signed, Adam Pearce versus Paul Heyman for the main event. Now, I think it, it was pretty obvious, at least to me, that uh, Roman and Heyman were going to, you know, pull uh, pull a fast one on Adam Pierce, kind of the same way he did last week. The whole card subject to change thing, and that's exactly what happened. Roman Reigns ended up replacing Heyman in the match, but uh, of course Kevin Owens, you know, came out, saved the day, and just put a beating on Roman Reigns to end the show. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but getting back to uh, earlier in the show, Sami Zayn came down to ringside and handcuffed himself to the guardrail, still protesting his uh, his treatment and the conspiracy theories that uh, that he's been uh, spouting off the last uh, last several months about uh, you know the Intercontinental Title being stolen from him and that kind of thing. Oscar uh, and Charlotte picked up a win over the Riot Squad and. Uh, you know, kind of, Billy Kay kind of cost the Riot Squad the match, you know, the last several uh, weeks, Billy Kay trying to become a member of the Riot Squad and just not working out, and that's kind of what the Riot Squad told her after the match. Uh, we had a number of people declare for the Rumble on SmackDown, Tamina, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and uh, Dolph Ziggler, and Big E, all uh, all declared for the, for the Rumble. Uh, had an in-ring promo from Daniel Bryan. He was interrupted by Cesaro, who came out and issued an open challenge that was accepted by Dolph Ziggler. And this ended up being another really good match between Cesaro and Ziggler. Cesaro was victorious in that one. Sasha had her match against Reginald, who is uh, Carmella's sommelier. And uh, she she was victorious in that. And uh, I guess that we are going to see Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown women's title against Carmella at the Royal Rumble. Uh... According to what was said during the show, I don't know if it's going to be on the main show or the pre-show, but uh, yeah, Sasha versus Carmella for the uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Big E retained the Intercontinental title in a match against Apollo Crews, but this ended up being a no contest as uh, Sami Zayn uncuffed himself and attacked both men in the middle of the match. So uh, yeah, no uh, nothing resolved there, so I would imagine we'd see a rematch between Big E and Apollo Crews sometime soon. Um, the Street Profits talking to Sonya Deville in the backstage area. Sonya Deville, of course, now an authority figure on SmackDown, asking her for a, a rematch for the the SmackDown tag team titles. And Sonya basically said, uh, because Montez Ford currently is uh, nursing an injury, she said not until he is back to 100%. So uh, eventually we're going to see the Street Profits taking on uh, Rude and Ziggler at some point for those tag team titles. Then we had the uh, the obstacle course between Bianca Belair and Bailey, which was I, it was what it was. It wasn't my favorite segment of the night, but you know it it did its job to further the rivalry. Uh, Bianca Belair was victorious in that, despite Bailey you know throwing bigger obstacles in her way, namely uh, having to fireman's carry Otis at one point when Bailey got to fireman carry uh, Chad Gable. So, but Bianca still victorious. And of course, at the end of it all, you know, caught a uh, caught a beatdown from Bailey, which I think everybody pretty much expected. But like I said, it, it was what it was. It did its job. It advanced the rivalry. I'm sure we're going to see this match uh, very very soon. Um, then uh, Baron Corbin 
King Corbin, excuse me, had a match against Dominic Mysterio. Uh, we saw a little little bit of, I don't know if you'd call it an argument in the back, but a conversation between Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Uh, Rey trying to, you know, give Dominic advice for the match, and Dominic basically just saying, oh, I got this, I know what I'm doing, and finally Rey relented and said, okay, we'll do it your way, but if something goes wrong, next time we do it my way. Uh, and Corbin was victorious in this match, so I guess the next time it's, uh, it's going to be done Rey's way, whatever that might be. And then, of course, the the uh, the main event, uh, Adam Pearce versus Paul Heyman. We already talked about that. The whole card subject to change and uh, KO putting a beat down on Roman Reigns. So moving on to 205 Live for this week, uh, we saw some more Dusty Classic matches. Uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae did pick up the victory over Cora Jade and Gigi Dolan. Uh, very good match, though. Like I said, I hope Jade and Dolan or uh, Lena Black and Priscilla Kelly, if, if you will, um, you know, I hope that these signings were not just like one-offs just for the Dusty Classic or just for like a handful of matches. I hope they are permanent fixtures on the NXT women's roster because they're both amazingly talented women. And especially Elena Black or Cord Jade, only been wrestling a very brief time. I don't even think two years. And her talent is off the charts for somebody who's been in in the business for that short of a time and she's only going to get that much better as time goes by I, I believe she's only 19 years old so you know hopefully they they uh, they keep these two around for for uh the foreseeable future but uh yeah indy hartwell and candace LeRae advancing in the women's dusty classic and tomaso champa and timothy thatcher got a win over aria davari and tony niece to advance in the dusty classic as well a uh, little bit of New Japan news. We have new junior heavyweight tag team champions, and they are El Fantasmo and uh, Taiji Ishimori. So uh, congratulations to them. And that, and uh, moving into, sorry about that, some miscellaneous news here. Uh, apparently the rumor going around is that WWE is planning to uh, have 25,000 fans for each night of WrestleMania this year. Uh, so 25,000 on night one, 25,000 on night two. Uh, have, they've not announced ticket sales yet. I would expect that to happen uh, at the Royal Rumble or or close thereabouts, either during the Royal Rumble event or the next night on Raw. I'd ex I would expect that announcement to take place. Uh, some more news for the uh, the third season of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, some some other uh, topics that they're going to be covering. One is Chris Canyon. That should be a great episode. Uh, XPW is another one. Uh, the uh, the WCW New Japan event that took place in North Korea years ago. Uh, there is going to be an episode covering the Smith family, and that is Grizzly Smith, Jake the Snake Roberts, Sam Houston, and Rockin' Robin. That one should be one to watch. Um, you know, a lot of just, uh, yeah, a lot of dark things surrounding that family. So uh, that that's going to be, that, that could be the best episode of the season. Uh, then there's going to be one covering FMW, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, which was the Japanese equivalent of ECW back in the day, and an episode on Bruiser Bedlam. So that uh, Bruiser Bedlam, you know, I, I've heard of Bruiser Bedlam, not somebody I know a whole lot about, so that should be a good, uh, good episode there. Uh, WWE Backstage is going to be returning for one night only with Renee Young, Booker T, and Paige, and that's going to be the night before the Royal Rumble on uh, Saturday, January 30th on FS1. Um, 
It was also announced this past week, NBC Sports Network is going to be shutting down and the events that uh, would ordinarily air on that network going forward will be airing on USA. Now, this is uh, something that could have a big effect on Monday Night Raw and NXT. So it'll be interesting to see how that is handled. I don't know how soon this is going to be happening, but uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, an interesting little little fun fact that occurred to me this past week, and I, I'm sure I'm not the first one to notice this, but uh, Snoop Dogg now has music on both WWE and AEW. On uh, WWE, of course, Snoop Dogg does Sasha Banks' entrance theme, and he now has uh, on AEW, he did the remix of Cody Rhodes' entrance theme. So, uh, yeah, Snoop Dogg on WWE and AEW simultaneously. Uh, Speaking of AEW, we're going to be seeing a debut on Dynamite this coming week. Ryan Nemeth will be taking on Hangman Page. Now, Ryan Nemeth is the brother of of Dolph Ziggler. So, looking forward to seeing that. He was, uh, Ryan was with WWE very briefly in uh, in NXT. But, uh, yeah, now making his debut for AEW. Uh, and WWE putting on a special event this week uh, called Superstar Spectacle, which is airing at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time this Tuesday on the WWE Network. And this is uh, um, kind of like the specials that they did in Saudi Arabia or Australia within the last few years. This one is for uh, India. Now, obviously, they weren't able to travel to India to record it, so it was recorded in the Thunderdome. But, uh, yeah, that is coming this Tuesday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and apparently AEW has filed for a new trademark, Battle of the Belts. Now, Battle of the Belts was an event that happened years ago in uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida, and it was an event that put uh, NWA versus AEW, or AEW, NWA versus AWA. <laughs> so, uh, and with AEW now working with uh, the NWA and with Impact, uh, if they were to put on an event like that, it that could be huge honestly i'd love to see some more nwa champions incorporated into aew uh programming like you know uh the uh the nwa world champion nick aldis or the uh you know i'd like to see the the tv title the national title the nwa tag team titles so you know could could this be leading to that we'll have to wait and see So that's going to do it for news and rumors and all that kind of fun stuff for this week. So right now I'm going to throw it over to Charlie G and he's here with the Indie Cut. Thank you, Tom, and hey to wrestling friends. I am Charlie G with your Indie Cut. There was a lot of wrestling action from around the world with tons of title matches. So if I miss your favorite wrestler, I'm sorry, they didn't make it. So let's begin with uh, Pro Wrestling Magic, Kingdom Come 5, from Friday, January 15th, uh, from somewhere in New Jersey, uh, for their junior heavyweight title, uh, champion Sebastian Cage defeated Sanchez, for their tag title in a four-way gauntlet match, uh, uh, Adam Payne and Wrecking Ball Ligurski defeated uh, champions Steve Gipke and Tony Vincitti. Uh, they also defeated Aaron Bradley and Steve Off, as well as Aiden Agro and Danger Kit to become new champions. Uh, then we went to Dark Arts for the vacant Dark Arts title 
tournament final match. Uh, Darius Carter defeated either Azrael or Everett Cross. Could not find out who he beat, but he became the champion there. And then for their title, their main title, uh, the Meadowlands Monster defeated champion Smiley to become the champion. We head down to Pro South Wrestling uh, from Piedmont, Alabama. Uh, for their all-out title in a three-way match, champion Brandon Watley defeated Cameron Keast and Roma Miller. Uh, in their tag title match, uh, Ace champions Ace Haven and Dam Damian Serotone uh, defeated Charlie Bravo and Victor Cortez. And in the main event, it was Danny only defeating Trevor Ann. On to Heritage Championship Wrestling, Extreme Destruction from Canelia, Georgia. Uh, for the vacant Anarchy Women's title, uh, Crystal Rose took on Dream Girl Ellie into a no contest. Uh, then for the Ace HCW Junior Heavyweight title, Champion Ferry Morales defeated Bobby Flacco. On to Alternative Pro Wrestling from Royston, Georgia. For the APW North Georgia title, Champion Caleb Crocker defeated James Boulevard. Uh, to Sari, January 16th. Uh, Suplex Pro Wrestling, Chapter 22, 22 New Year, No Lee. Yep, no Lee from New South Wales, Australia. So you are on the map if you haven't been already. Uh, in a bragging rights battle royal, the winner was Ivy Algos for the Suplex Tag Titles. Uh, champion Matt Gage and Miles Malice defeated AJ Grimm and Mark Phoenix. And for the Suplex Heavyweight Title, uh, Ox King defeated champion Jackson Spade by DQ. Over to Riot Sit Wrestling City Rumble 2021 from South Australia, Australia. Uh, for the key to the city qualifying uh, matches, uh, Jeff Armstrong and Caddy Trey both won theirs. Uh, for the RCW title Monsters Ball match, you know they have a Monsters Ball match. Uh, champion Rocky Manero defeated Baron. And in a Riot City Rumble match, Matt Hader won that. Uh, still in Australia for International Wrestling Australia, un Relentless Under Pressure show. Uh, for the IWA Trans Tasman title, champion Treehugger Lucci defeated Brad Alexander. And uh, for the IWA Heavyweight title, champion Chris Abbott defeated Matty Wahlberg as well as Headhunter Rig defeated Jude London. Up to Insane Championship Wrestling, Fight Club 155 from Glasgow, Scotland. You can find that on the WWE Network. Uh, in Lionheart League quarterfinal matches, uh, Jake Jester took on Liam Thompson, and BT Gunn defeated Leighton, Leighton Buzzard. Okay. Uh... Over to FCF Wrestling, Chopania from Helsinki, Finland. Uh, they held a tag team tournament qualifying matches. 
Uh, I won't get into those names. I'll be here forever for that. Uh, but there was a match between Jessica Love defeating Shamika. Uh, over to Dragon Gate, Open the Gate 2021, Day 5. From Japan, uh, we had a six-man tag match with Diamante, HYO, and Kaito Ishida defeating Dragon Kid, Ultimo Dragon, and Yosuke Santa Maria. Uh, down to uh, Champion National, National de Lucha Libre from Chile. Uh, you can look that up on YouTube. Back here in the States for Wrestle Club, uh, Idaho, Idaho Wrestling Club, uh, No Ropes Attached show, uh, Wrestle Club Heavyweight Title Match, Champion Garibay defeated Damian Black. Uh, up to Wisconsin Pro Wrestling Supremacy from DePierre, Wisconsin. Uh, for Title Town Title Match. Aaron Arsenal defeated champion Logan Lynch to become the champion there. For their tag title in a triple threat match, uh, Delvin Kane and Ragnar the Ruthless defeated Renegade and Sabotage as long as so also with champions Chris Bogger and Jay Cash to become the champions there. And in their heavyweight title best two out of three falls match, champion Brock Hall defeated TW3. Uh, down to Ring Wars Carolina. Uh, the new style from Lumbertown, Lumberton, North Carolina. <coughs> uh, for their junior heavyweight title match, uh, Colby Carino. Yes, uh, Colby is still wrestling somewhere in the States. Uh, he defeated champion Cool J be to become the champion there. And for the AIWF television title, champion Gemstone defeated Jamal the Titan. Uh, go down to Real Pro Wrestling, don't call it a comeback, from Fort Myers, Florida. For their tag title in a three-way match, <clears throat> Giovanni Colon and Justin Matthews defeated champions Bud Heavy and Ruby Flyer as well as Logan Cruz and Wheezy T to become the champions. Uh, for the Coastal Pride title match, uh, champion Jason Dugan defeated Jerry Swirls. For the Hardcore uh, title elimination four-way match, champion Jack Monster defeated Chuck Davis, Nick Abrams, and Sean Holly. In a Hardcore title match uh, later on, but Heavy defeated champion Jack Monster to become the champion. Uh, for the vacant woman's title, Regan Fire defeated uh, Kelsey Regan. And then for the vacant top crown title, Vertical Rivera defeated JD Amazing. Over to Pro Wrestling 225 Clash in Columbia from Columbia, Mississippi. Uh, J.D. Jenkins defeated Vladimir Koloff. Uh, Mustang Mike defeated Chris Masters. Sorry, Chris. Can't even win it up. Little Town. Uh, for the tag title tournament final match, uh, which was vacant, uh, Jordan J. and 
Exteon Blake uh, defeated Rob Horn and Troy Farrell to become the champions. And in their heavyweight title match, uh, champion Corey Constantine defeated Michael White. Uh, over to Metroplex Wrestling, Parabellum. For their tag title match, champions Ryan Remington and Tommy Becker defeated Cesar Torres and Emilio Guzman. For Addicts title, champion CJ Ward defeated Red Chambers. For the Prospects title, which was vacant in a six-way match, Joe Angelo Garcia defeated Jackson Stone, Johnny O'Mara, Nate Collins, Thrash, and Tommy Dean. And in their main title match, uh, champion Sky D. La Cremosa defeated Tatum, Tatum Manning. Up to Magnum Pro Wrestling, Pro Anniversary Volume 10. Uh, a lot of names here you will not remember. Uh, Marty Bell defeated Miranda Gordy. For the Gateway Heritage title, champion Jeremy Wyatt defeated Duke Cornell. Uh, Eugene... Uh, Dinsmore defeated Niles Plank for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Yes, Nick Aldis defeated J Jason Strife. So Nick Aldis performed at the Ramada Inn in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, for the Magnum Pro title, Steel Cage match. Um, Red Wing uh, defeated champion TJ Benson to become the champion there. And for the Magnum Pro Tag title, Lumberjack match, champion Nikki Scent and Pat Powers defeated Donnie Pepper Cricket and Tim Boston. God, I love those names. Uh, back over to KLT Promotions for their KLT Heavyweight title. Champion Jack Mosley defeated Ethan Cage. <clears throat> Down to Coastal Championship Wrestling, homecoming day one. For the ladies title and a three-way match, champion Roma defeated La Brava and Marion Tucker via a double pin. Okay. Uh, for the heavyweight title, uh, champion El Jefe Santos defeated Romeo Corvetto. Okay. On to Sunday, January 17th, and Riot Street Wrestling reanimated 16. From South Australia, Australia. Uh, for the women's title match, the champion Izzy Shaw took on Delta to a no contest. And for the Key to the City four way ladder match, uh, Havoc defeated Katie Trey, Jet Armstrong, and Kid Condor. Over to Kingdom Wrestling Entertainment, Honor and Glory from New South Wales, Australia. For their Kingdom title, champion The Buccaneer. Defeated Genghis Kong by DQ. Uh, for the Kingdom Elite title, uh, Morgan Rose then defeated champion the Buccaneer to become the champion there. And a Pirates Playground match, Grant Lindstrom defeated Caesar. Up to Seedling 2021 opening match uh, from Tokyo, Japan. Uh, in a uh, six-man tag. And a six-woman tag. Uh, As Asuka, Makato, and Rico Kaiju defeated Aja Kong, Hanari Hana, and Rina Yamashita. And then in a tag match, Arisha Nakajima 
and Tsukasha Fujimoto defeated Seri and Yoshiko. Uh, remember those names coming up. There's one more match between those two, I believe. Uh, there was a Pure J show where Leon defeated Akira. Uh, New Japan uh, started their road to the new beginning, 2021. Day one, where it's Master Wado mostly in the main event and tag matches. And of course, on day one, Master Wado and Sho defeated Fushi and Hiromo Takahashi. Go figure. Uh, on to <laughs> Kushu Pro Kitayushi Show, where they held their pro tag title match, where champions Genki Hiraguchi and Tsushumu Yukasaka defeated Alejandro and Billy Ken Kidd, and for their pro title match, champion Genki defeated Kuma Arashi. Uh, Gotta Move Chaka Pro 82 took place on YouTube, so check that out as you wish, because they had a six-person tag match that lasted about 43 minutes. That was the only match on the show, so check it out if you want. Uh, Dragon Gate Open the Gate Day 6. Uh, well, yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore Dragon and Ultimate Dragon defeated Punch Tamanaga and Ryo Shato. Uh, they held a 13-man battle royal Kona Marma Chukawa won that. Uh, Pro, Pro Wrestling Diana held a YouTube show with the matches. Uh, Big Japan and Active Advanced Pro Wrestling held a joint show. And then Active Advanced Pro Wrestling held their own show called Shy Battle 84. Uh, on to the states for Puff Amania White Out uh, from F West Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, not a lot of big names here. So, a last man standing match Duke Cornell defeated Bobby Brennan. Uh, for High Tension Wrestling, Camp Leafrog uh, live uh, January 17, 1985. It was on Facebook, so if you want to check out a Body Slam Challenge match, a Coal Miner's Glove match, and a Texas Death match, uh, look up High Tension Wrestling Camp Lee Frog. Uh, to Coastal, Coastal Championship Wrestling, Homecoming Day 2. For the Southeastern Heavyweight title, Champion Jackal defeated Vic Arson in their tag title match. Uh, Ariel Leva, Levy and Vin Vicious with Bill Alfonso in the corner uh, defeated champions Eddie Cologne and Orlando Cologne to become the champions. And in their heavyweight title in a three-way match, champion El Jefe Santos defeated Sebastian Cage and Will Austin. Over to All-Star All -Star Pro Wrestling from Bethany, Oklahoma. And a tag title elimination four-way match, champions Scott Sanders and Sean Sanders Defeated Dean Lambert and Father Page, uh, El Gringo Loco and Elisha Sparks, and Malashi and Thrash. For the Mid-American title, Drake Gallows defeated Champion Garcia to become the champion. For, the, uh, for their ASP title, uh, Champion Double D defeated Marcy Lewis. And... Uh, uh, 
five-star title odd man out five-way match. Uh, Johnny Coy defeated Brother Morris, champion Brother Morrison, Derek James, Gemini, and Luke Langley to become new champion there. Uh, then American Combat Wrestling and World Wrestling Network Proving Ground show had four matches on YouTube, so check that out if you wish. On to Monday, January 18th. Uh, Marvelous That's from Show Wrestling, where Sari defeated Maria in what was probably her last Marvelous match. Uh, New Japan Day 2 took place. Uh, all tag matches again. Uh, then here in the States for Paradigm Pro Wrestling, uh, UWFI Rules Contender Series number 5. For the Midwest Territory.com title match, champion Chase Holiday defeated Jordan Blade. And Matthew Justice defeated Aaron Williams, uh, coming from Jeffersonville, Indiana. Then to New Wave Pro Wrestling Reformation from Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, also for the MidwestTorritory.com title match, champion Chase Holiday defeated Tyler Lytle. And a Flophouse title three-way match, champion Mo Atlas defeated Jordan Dye and Joseph Schwartz. And then we go to Flophouse Weekend at Schwartz's. Also from Terre Haute, Indiana, uh, they held a Golden Opportunity 10-man scramble match where Apollo Star won that. Uh, for the NWP Ultra Rapid title match, Joseph Swartz defeated champion Nate Matthews by DQ, so no change there. And for the Flophouse Tag Title, champions Dick Michaels and Tyler Lytle defeated Mikey McFinnigan and Jack Sawyers. Uh, Coastal Championship Wrestling, Alive Wrestling 18 on YouTube for the Southeastern Heavyweight title. Uh, Bugs Morgan defeated Champion Jackal to become the champion there. To Tuesday, January 19th, and Noah Higher Ground, Day 2. For the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles, Champions Hayata and Yoshinari Ogawa defeated Hai and Neo. And Ghost Shizaki and Namuchi, Namichi Marifuji defeated Atsushi Koteji and Daisuke Hirata. Uh, then on to Kaliga Pro Wrestling Stars Night Pre Opening on YouTube. A, just, this is a brand new company that started this year. I didn't realize that until I looked it up again. Uh, so this is on YouTube. Mostly four matches for these early shows. So. Uh, Shima and Singahiro Iri defeated Riju Sai and the Bodyguard. Uh, the Bodyguard is the owner of the company, so he's not putting himself over. <laughs> uh, New, New Japan Road to Day 3 took place. Uh, then back here in the States for Ohio Valley Wrestling TV 1119 from Louisville, Kentucky. For the OVW Rush title number one contender match. Uh, Daniel Dunn defeated Gustavo, J.C. Adams, and Star Rider. Uh, Mahavli Shara, of all things, defeated Brandon Espinoza. Uh, in a non-title tag match, Brandon Tate and Brent Tate defeated Ashton Cove and Demone Salvino. Uh, for the OVW Rush title, William Lutz defeated champion Haizawa Zaya to become the champion. In a dark tag, Jesse Geyers and Tony Gunn defeated Lush Lucicious 
Lawrence and Tony Bezo. Uh, then to No South Action Class uh, number 19 from Hainesville, Alabama. Sean Campbell and Shane Christopher defeated Cabana Man Dan and Kevin Ryan. On to Wednesday, January 20th, and PRJ opening row, round. Uh, for the Daily Sports Tag Titles, champions Hanako Nakamori and Rina Yamshita defeated Ayako Sato and Madeline. Uh, Ice Ribbon Peace Party 64 took place for four matches. Uh, DDT, or Dramatic Dream Team Wrestling 2021 show took place. Where Daisuke Sasaki, Tatsuya Endo, and Yuji Hino defeated Chris Brooks, Hiroshima, and Yuki Naya. And in a tag match, Mao and Yuki Ino Uno defeated Katsusada Huguchi and Yukio Sakaguchi. Uh, then DDT, Ganbari Pro Wrestling, Blade Battle Runner 2021. For the GWC 6 Man tag titles champions Katsusaki Shinsoki, Mahiko Hirsawa, and Shu Sakira defeated Kuga and Mehito Imanari and Yuna Manazi. And in a tag match, Kensuke Ishii and Sugihiro Iri defeated Asuka and Shota. Shota is working all over the place today. Uh, then over to Coligo Pro Wrestling, Rising Night, still on YouTube. Thank goodness. Uh, in a tag match, Shima and Sengihiro Iri defeated Taikita uh, and Ultimo Spider Jr. Uh, back here in the States, there's Limitless, Limitless The Pro, Season 2, Episode 14, from uh, Orion Maine, which four matches. Uh, on to Thursday, January 21st. New Japan Road to the New Beginning Day 4 took place. Uh, Caligo Pro Wrestling on YouTube took place with Shima defeating Ishii Onizuka. Uh, then Big Japan Pro Wrestling uh, where the astronauts Fumanaro Abe and Takuya Nomura defeated Akira Haido and Kazuki Sato. Uh, Daisuke Sakamoto, Kazumi Kakido and Raichui Kawakami defeated Daichi Hiroshimoto, Hideyoshi Kamatani, and Raito Hama. Uh, in a Kendo Nagasaki Memorial Tag Match, Great Koji Ika and Yuchi Tanaguchi defeated Abdullah Kobayashi and Minoru Fujita. And in their Big Japan Junior Heavyweight title, champion Asami Kodaka defeated Kazika Hashimoto. On to Friday, January 22nd, Explosive Pro Wrestling Re-Awakening 19, Day 1, from Western Australia. Australia. Uh, Kaz Jordan won their Coastal title number one contendership match. Uh, in a tag title match, champion Jack Edwards and Tyler King defeated Chadwick Jackson and Stella Nix. Uh, only to be challenged again, and then Jack Edwards and Taylor King defeated, or champions defeated, Stella Nix and Tyler Jacobs once again. Go figure. 
then for the Coastal Titer, Title, Champion Davis Storm defeated Kaz Jordan. In an international tournament semifinal match, Kira Styria defeated Zenith. Uh, then on to Seedling, Shinkaba Knight for the Seedling Beyond the Sea tag title match, Arisha Nakajima and Nani Takahashi defeated Siri and Yoshiko to become the champions there. And this was pretty much uh, coming because Siri even said this would be her final seedling match as she will be headed to NXT soon. So now the race is on. Who will appear first on TV? Riho or Siri? We will find out, won't we? Uh, on to Caligo Pro Wrestling. Uh, still on YouTube, they had four more matches. And then back here in the States for New Japan Strong, number 24. Road to the Lions Break Contender. Uh, Logan Regal and Sterling Regal defeated Jordan Clearwater and Kevin Knight. Brody King defeated J.R. Krotos. And my buddy Ren Narita, who's been missing for <laughs> since Warrior Wrestling pretty much, uh, defeated Bateman. Then to earlier today, January 23rd, New Japan Road to New Beginning, Day 5. Actually had a IWGP Junior Harry title match where uh, Al Fantasmo and Taji Ishimori defeated champions Al Dosprado and Yoshinobi Kanemaru to become new champions there. With ELP landing his loaded shoe to Kanemaru to become new champion. Uh, this was an entertaining match for me and uh, also along with uh, two rough bumps, so there's three referees in the match. So check that out if you can. Uh, over to Ice Ribbon, new Ice Ribbon 1095 Winter Story. For the Triangle Ribbon title match, champion Ron Kaichu defeated Chiri and Matsuya Uno. For the International Ribbon tag title match, champions Micah Ozaki and Mayo, Maya Yukai. Defeated Rina Singaki and Tai Honma. And for the Ice Infinity title match, Tsukasa Fujimoto defeated champion Susie Suzuki to become the champion there. Tell you, Tsukasa would be coming up later on. Uh, Gotta Move Chaka Pro 83 was on YouTube with two matches. Uh, Dragon Gate, the new gate, day seven took place. Where the Ultimate Dragon, Yamato, and Yosake Santa Maria defeated Monday Rio, Sakahoko Boy, and Takashi Yoshida. And then Kaliga Pro Wrestling on YouTube with Shima defeating Ultimo Spider Jr. And Raiji Sai defeating the Bodyguard. Alright. Okay. Few minutes left. All right, I'm gonna do this for our YouTube viewers. I am going to put up the GCW uh, 24 hour live stream fundraiser showcase starting on Friday the 29th and ending on Saturday the 30th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. As you can see here, all the shows are announced with times. As you can see, our local freelance wrestling has the 6 a.m. time slot, which is kind of rough. 
but at least they're part of the show. If you'd like to donate, go to Indiegogo.com slash project slash fight slash, uh, I mean, yeah, forever hashtag slash, and add to their already $24,000 raise for the independent wrestlers. Uh, not all the shows have matches announced. Uh, and we were going to have a Joey Janela versus Elena Black match, but that was ruled out five minutes after being announced, since Elena Black is now in NXT as Cora Jade. All the best to her. I uh, guess we'll have to wait for a Cora Jade versus Brandy Loren match instead. Uh, so hope all you watching on YouTube can see all those shows and how to get in touch get in touch with their uh, sponsors. Uh, it will be free and live on YouTube and now on the Fight TV app. So all the best to them. Uh, that's a wrap for me. Till next time with any more wrestling from around the world. Don't forget to look up those Twitch streams and YouTube channels for other wrestling content. Uh, next Friday and Saturday, I will be pretty much watching GCW. Not all 24 hours. I am not that crazy. Don't, yeah, don't answer that. Uh, thank you for watching or listening. Hope you enjoyed the cut. Keep safe, take care, and be kind, everyone. Back to you, Tim. All right, thank you, Charlie. So let's move right along into the next segment of the show where I get to play armchair promoter here. We are continuing with the tournament for the fictional warrior wrestling tag team championship and i am talking about the fantasy booker Right, so we are continuing first round action in the uh, Warrior Wrestling Tag Team Championship Tournament here on the Fantasy Booker. And uh, this is the final first round match. And it is pitting the team of Sam Adonis and Robert Ego Anthony with Frank the Clown against Brian Pillman Jr. and Ray Lynn. Now this may, uh, may seem like an odd matchup uh, uh, at first glance. But the reason I put this one together is I think there could be an interesting little backstory behind it because I think, um, you know, it's not a secret. Sam Adonis and Ray Lynn are a real-life couple. So, you know, I could see this being like uh, kind of like Ray Lynn uh, not, not being too happy about Adonis teaming with Ego rather than her for this tournament because, you know, there's no restrictions on uh, as far as uh, uh, gender with the uh, with the Warrior Tag titles. So, uh, you know, maybe Ray Lynn not, not so happy that Sam Adonis decided to team with Ego instead of her. And then you've got Brian Pillman, who's had issues with both Adonis and Ego Anthony. So, you know, there's definitely a story to be told in this match, a couple of stories to be told with, with this matchup. And, uh, you know, again, these are, are four that are um, Warrior Wrestling kind of mainstays and just I think it would be a great match. I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch, especially with with Raylin getting in there with Adonis and mixing it up. I, I with the two of them, like I said, being a real life couple, it's a lot of fun stuff that I think could go on with this match. But in the end, with Frank the Clown at ringside, you know there's going to be some shenanigans, and I got to give the uh, the win in this one to Adonis and Ego. Moving on to the uh, the semifinals, so that, uh, yeah, that is, like I said, the final first-round matchup in this fantasy tournament for the Warrior Wrestling Tag Team Championships, so semifinals are set. 
Uh, next week, we are going to have the Rascals, Des and Wentz, taking on the Space Pirates, Shane Saber and Space Monkey. And the other semifinal match taking place February 7th will be the Jack Street Boys of Brian Cage and Alexander Hammerstone taking on Sam Adonis and Robert Ego Anthony with Frank the Clown. So <laughs> that is how the... Uh, uh, the Warrior Wrestling Tag Team Championship Tournament is shaking out. So let's uh, move into the last segment of the show here where I espouse a not-so-popular opinion, and this week is going to be no different. I am sure of that, and I am talking about the weekly hot take. All right, so somebody who's been catching a lot of heat this week has been uh, The Undertaker for some comments that he made during an interview with Joe Rogan on his podcast. And you know what? Bottom line, Taker said he likes the old days better than today. So what? Who cares? I, I mean, you show me one person from an older generation who doesn't think that something was better back then than it is now. He didn't say he he wants it to go back to that way. He didn't say he thinks it, that everything about that time was better. You know, but there's so many morons putting words in his mouth online. And again, the same journalist that I was talking about earlier was doing the same thing with this, talking about, you know, implying, uh, saying that, uh, you know, Taker misses the drinking and drugging, quote-unquote, is the, the phrasing that he used. He never said that. He never said that the wrestlers today are softer than they were back then. He never talked about being okay with the drug use or the drinking or the hazing or the bullying or the abuse or the harassment or any of the bad stuff that, that went on back then. He said he liked it when men were men, quote-unquote. Okay, well, think about it. You're talking about The Undertaker. He's a good old boy from Texas. You know, he, he hunts, he fishes, he's a, he's a Second Amendment guy. So, yeah, he liked when men were men, and, you know, he talked about guys in the locker room carrying, you know, <laughs> carrying guns and knives and stuff in their bags. And, you know, then he talks up about the locker rooms that take today. Guys are playing video games and, you know, do um, making themselves pretty, as he put it. He, he never implied or stated that the wrestlers were soft. He never used the word soft to describe the wrestlers. He said, in a different part of the interview, by the way, he said, the product is softer than it used to be. Well, you know what? It is. I'm sorry, it's a PG product now. So yeah, there was a harder edge to it, you know, 20 years ago than there is now. It's just the way it is. And and he said himself, it's evolution. You know, he he... You know, he didn't say anything that was untrue. The product is softer than it used to be by necessity. You know, you don't see all the blood and all of the uh, the weapons and, you know, that kind of stuff, the hardcore matches and, and that kind of thing. It, it doesn't have as sharp of an edge to it as it did during the Attitude Era. He didn't say anything untrue. He didn't say anything insulting about the wrestlers of today. You know, he talked about how it was when he came up about, you know, living in his car and how much you know, uh, having to sell everything he owned to pay for, for uh, you know, his uh, his wrestling training with, with Buzz Sawyer that was pretty much non-existent and, and that kind of stuff. And he talked about how now guys get signed to a contract and they're paid to train. The training isn't any easier. 
you know, it, and I mean, it just a, a lot of people who I know for a fact did not watch or listen to this interview. And I listened and watched the entire thing. It's almost three hours long. But I actually sat through the entire interview, and it was a good interview. And I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan. You know, I'm really not. I don't know the guy personally. I can't say I don't like him. I'm just not a fan of what I see of him online. But, uh, you know, it, it was a very good interview. And I'm sorry, The Undertaker didn't say anything that wasn't true. Things were different back then. Okay, fine. You know, the product is softer. It is. By necessity, like I said, it's a PG product now. He never said that the wrestlers were softer. But even if he had, it wouldn't have been wrong. Because you know why? They're able to be. They don't have to harden themselves against all the crap that used to go on back then. And that's a good thing. You know, it's good that the business has changed. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen anymore because it obviously does. But I don't think it happens at the rate or with the frequency that it used to. Back then, it was a common thing. Now it is, you know, obviously frowned upon and, and you know, rightfully so. But, you know, if he had said the wrestlers now are softer than they were back then, hey, good. That means they don't have to deal with the amount of crap that wrestlers did way back when. But you know what? He didn't say that. He didn't say, all these wrestlers today are just soft. Those words never came out of his mouth. So if you're one of the people who's been putting words in his mouth and and making inferences, because he didn't imply any of this either. People inferred it. There's a difference. And, you know, then I don't know what to tell you. Watch the actual interview. Listen to what he actually says. And because he didn't say anything untrue and he didn't say anything bad or wrong. So that's that's my take on it. Uh, it is what it is, though, you know. I mean, and Taker even said, this is going to piss some people off when I say it. And it did. And, you know, I'm sure he could he could give a damn, you know, what everybody else is, is saying about it because I, he's the Undertaker. But, I mean, come on. We're talking about the most respected person ever in the wrestling business. And, you know, he didn't get to that level by accident he didn't get to that level by being a jerk and all this kind of stuff so you know if you saw just the headlines that people put out the undertaker says today's product is soft and you took that and you ran with it and used it to put words in his mouth go back and watch the interview or listen to the interview and stop just uh making assumptions based on a headline because I guarantee you that's what most of these people did who talk who were talking about him being okay with the drinking and drugging and you know all of the uh, the sexual harassment and abuse that that went on and still goes on don't 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 get me wrong I know it still goes on the speaking out movement proved that um you know and rightfully so to to shed a light on all that kind of crap because it's got no place anywhere but uh you know he he didn't say any of that he said the product is softer, which it is, again, by necessity, because it's a PG product now. So it is what it is. I mean, like I said, go back and watch the interview. It's a really good interview. It's on Joe Rogan's podcast, which is, you know, uh, I, I listen to it on Spotify, like I said. And I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan. I, I don't know him personally to say if I like him or dislike him, but uh, I'm just not a fan of what I see from him on uh, online. But, again, it is what it is. You know, people are going to watch it. And 
and or not watch it and still make their own assumptions. So whatever. Uh, like I said, I'm sure The Undertaker could care less either way. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap things up for this week. Uh, I want to remind everybody next week, Saturday, I will be dropping a special bonus episode all about the Royal Rumble previews and predictions for uh, for this year's event and just going through some rumble history some fun facts talking about the the different records and and stuff like that so that should be should be a fun show and on sunday 5 p.m central time i will be doing a live watch along on twitch which is twitch.tv slash catch hook shoot i will not be streaming the pay-per-view i want to make that very clear i if you if you Tune into my Twitch channel expecting to see the Royal Rumble. You're going to be disappointed. It's just going to be a watch along. I'm going to be watching it, giving my take on it. You'll probably be able to hear the the commentary, um, you know, in the background. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be just watching along, giving my own commentary, my own takes, talking about the show, hopefully having a discussion with uh, whoever decides to uh, log on and watch along with me. So, should be fun. And then, of course, just the normal episode of the show dropping on Sunday, like always, uh, hopefully Sunday, Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, you know, before the uh, before the pay-per-view. But uh, so, yeah, next Saturday, special bonus episode all about the Royal Rumble. Then next Sunday, 5 p.m. Central Time, twitch.tv slash catch hook shoot for the, uh, the Royal Rumble watch along. So with that, I am going to sign off for this week. Uh, hope everybody is staying safe and staying healthy. Uh, wash your hands, wear your masks, do all the stuff you're supposed to do. And uh, yeah, enjoy all of the wrestling coming up this week leading into the Royal Rumble next week. And I will talk to you guys soon. Mm-hmm.